Radio Pulpit, 657 AM, your daily companion. This is Heart to Heart with Spongile Mufuking on Radio Pulpit. Heart to Heart. This is Heart to Heart with me, Spongile Mufuking, with you up until 3 o'clock. And uh, gave you the sounds of Jay Morse, now joined uh, by Dr. Asari. I think we were able to resolve whatever that was happening. Dr. Asari... I nearly asked you in Africans. I nearly said, can you may wear? <laughs> now, you'll be like, say what? How are you, Dr. Asare? Um, I think now I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself. Yes, I oh, am unmuted. Perfect. Perfect. Me? Now you're perfect. Yes, sir. How are you? And how's yeah. South Africa? How are you hearing me, Dr. Sare? Hello. Yes, I can hear you. Okay, I'm not quite sure today. I guess there's there's issues with connection. Let me connect in another way, and uh, then we will take it from there because I think then we will have these. Uh, Dr. Sare, let me connect in another way so that it makes it easier for both of us so that I can hear you. Um, and uh, we can be able to talk because now um, I think the the network where Dr. Asare is also, it tells me there is also something with the network. So I will just uh, connect to the other way so that we can just talk. Let me do this in the meantime whilst I'm connecting to Dr. Asare. Um, We will just, okay, all right. Uh, All right, let me do this first. Many people across South Africa are being blessed and encouraged by the Radio Pulpit devotional magazine, The Word for Today. This publication places the gospel of Jesus Christ in the hands of more than 100,000 people every day, inspiring every person, from the professional businessman to the needy person who lives in the streets. Each edition contains daily scripture-based devotionals and inspiring articles to help you grow spiritually. The booklet is given with the compliments of Radio Pulpit, but your donation, large or small, will help us to print the next edition and continue being the hope of the gospel to a world in desperate need. The Word for Today. Get yours today on 012-334-1200 or subscribe online at www.radiopulpit.co.za. Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. The words of the Lord are words of life. Your heart is on 657 AM. That is to me, B. Furufelolanga, my trust, my hope. How blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. 23 minutes, it is just after one, and I'm back with Dr. Asari on the other side. Your Excellency, how are you? I'm doing great by grace alone, and how are you? Ah, I'm also doing great, and welcome to South Africa again. I know that you always do come to South Africa, but how is South Africa in 2024? Well, um, thank you very much. South Africa is exciting as always. (laughs) That's awesome. Muruti, have you tried some of our cuisines? Yes, Uh. um, lots of them. Uh. Um, Mautuana, chicken feet. Mm-hmm. And all the beautiful things you prepare. 
because you were supposed to tell me what are those beautiful things that we cook. <laughs> but anyway, we are here to talk about breaking camp and advancing. What is God saying to us? I know that you were talking to our professionals in South Africa, Christian professionals to be specific, uh, Christian in the marketplace, uh, those that wake up in the morning and go out to um, work, but also uh, to advance the kingdom in those spaces. Um, what is God saying to us who are in the professional space and in the marketplace? I believe that if there is one thing uh, believers in the professional space have to know is the fact that we've dwelt long enough in the land of insignificance. Mm. We we have, um, I'm permitted to use the word, retarded ourselves, where our gifts are not actually being used um, to its maximum potential. Uh, first of all, to make Christ known, and second of all, to establish his authority and our authority on this planet. So I believe that it is about time that we break out of our shells, we break out of that camp, we break out of that prison of non-existiness, mm. and all that God wants us to be here on earth and give him the glory alone. What makes us get to a comfortable spot where we say somebody's in a comfort zone now and we are not even advancing, we are not even bringing any changes or impacting that space at all? What brings us to that, to that as Christians? Well, um, two things come to mind. Uh, anytime I think about the word come, to basic things come to mind. And the first is um, a voluntary place of confinement. And second is an involuntary place of confinement. The first, being a voluntary place of confinement has to do with our choices. Mm. The choices we make every day for our lives. Um, and I keep saying this, and I pray uh, my listeners and your listeners do not get me wrong, that the biggest prison you can fix yourself in is a career. Uh, and when you tell yourself, this is what I do for a living, you wake up in the morning and then you walk there. So you keep that routine. And the minute any human being decides to keep a routine, um, they live on expectation. This is what I mean. So you wake up, you go to work every day, you have an expectation of being paid at the end of the month. What happens is that you close your mind to all other opportunities and possibilities that is around you. Mm. The point is that you do not necessarily work to earn a living. You work to earn the fuel to pack, to fuel your passions and your living and to be able to be significant. But unfortunately, many believers believe themselves into earning and living from what is supposed to fuel their visions. So they end up staying there. And this is how the workspace does it. They begin to give you incentives and loans that keeps you there. So you do not actually think of all that about there, all that you can become. And the burning, the burning passion that is 
that is actually given birth to dumbfounding visions are buried within you. And so keeping a routine is a very dangerous thing for every child of God because, listen, we are not human doings. We are human beings. Mm. What does it mean? Human beings keep a routine. So a human doings keep a routine. So they wake up and then, yes, that's a routine. But human beings are becoming hmm. something that the Lord needs them to do. So that's the first one. And the second one is involuntary. It's not by your choice. It's probably mm-hmm. some kind of a representative choice. And this has to do with the circumstances around you. It has to do with governmental decisions. It has to do with societal definitions of what is right and what is wrong. Mm. The minute we find ourselves within our peers, it is it is it is more likely that we would end up becoming like our peers. Now, even though it may be involuntary the things that are happening to you, unfortunately, it becomes more of a choice if you continue to stay there. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's unplanned, but at the end of the day, it's on you. Yes. You. Yes. You know, you there is there is for instance, you you had no choice in the place where you were born. Uh huh. Um, but then it is up to you to continue to stay there or not. Some things may be happening to you that was not by your making. Mm. But you continue staying in that, whether positive or negative, is a choice you have made. So we may not have control over certain things that happened to us, Mm. but we do have control over the very, very minute. Now, let's, let's look at it from also this way. When people say we don't have a choice, it's a choice they are making anyway. Sure. <laughs> we never think about it that way. <laughs> we never and, think about it that way. <laughs> and when they say we don't have a choice, in most cases, not all the time, though, but in most cases, it's a statement of pride. Yo. Because they are not willing to lower their pride to take the option that will give them freedom. Hmm. And the option that gives us freedom will always go through some scratches. And the scratches, we don't want them. So we would rather hold on to our pride and stay in a situation that we do not even like. So is it is it similar to when a person would take the easy way out? So if I say, that's I don't have a choice, it's just taking the it. easy way out. That's how it goes. We just want to eat our cake and have it. All right? So... We will choose the easiest path. Um, I, I remember speaking to the Christian professionals. I told them the most dangerous thing you can do is to always choose the easy path. Stay away from easy. Mm. 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 That's the choice in the path. Yeah. Sure. Are we aware that? we are getting into or we becoming comfortable at the beginning you go out looking for a job for example in south africa we have been taught that you go to school 
and you look for a job, a job that it's suitable to your qualifications. So we go all out to school to work for someone, for example. That's the teaching that we get. And this is what parents encourage their children. Then you, you finish school and you go work at this company or you go work for this person. This is what we teach. Um, I'm, I'm excited to, to see that there are some parents now who are changing and saying, you go to school, you educate yourself, you start your own business, you start running. Even when you are at school, start a business when you are at school. But a few parents are saying that. Many of the parents are saying, go to school and go work for somebody. So you're already in a comfortable spot when the company calls you and says, hey, we, are, you, you, we have decided to call you as a candidate to come work for us. You're already in the company, but we don't see it. <laughs> so where should we change it, especially us Christians? Because we are supposed to be the example of the world. So how and where should we begin? Um, it must begin, first of all, with you. You see, and um, what you really, really want to achieve to the glory of God. Now, this is where um, let's let's delve a bit into Scripture and take a look at Deuteronomy chapter one, mm-hmm. verse six to eight, where the instruction came to the children of Israel to break camp and advance. What had happened was that the children of Israel had journeyed from Egypt and they had encamped by Horeb, and Horeb is a very special place. Uh, in the story of the children of Israel. And of course, in the story of Moses, it was a very special place for him because Horeb was where he encountered his destiny. Horeb was where God spoke to him and changed his life and sent him on his life assignment. But the first thing we noticed, even after he had had an encounter with God, was that he had many excuses. So where do we start from? We start by killing the excuses that is keeping us in the land of slavery. Mm. Mm. And, and we do have a lot of excuses. Now, somebody may be asking, what are excuses? I'll tell you, mm. in simple terms, an excuse is an explanation you give to an indifference. Mm. Mm-hmm. When you want to explain a way why you are indifferent to something that is beckoning you, yeah. You give a whole lot of excuses. Uh, so the reason why you cannot do certain things become the reason why you keep yourself retarded in life. Uh, so where do we start from? Let's start from killing the excuses. And first of all, our excuses we give for our inability to even pray. It is really different. Um People have asked me, what's the real work to be done in any situation? And I tell them, I believe that the real work to be done is prayer. And most people do not know that they are being kept away from prayer. And the more you are kept away from prayer, the more difficult life gets for you. And we have so many excuses why we can't even pray. First of such excuses to our own prayers is this career that is keeping us in bondage. Sure. So, so 
So where we should start from is to kill the excuses we have. We may have many reasons why something cannot be done, but we should look within us to find one divine reason why something can be done. And what is the divine reason why something can be done? That God lives in us and that we are possibilities without a doubt. Mm. And that's where we start from. The starting point is kill your excuses by understanding that God lives in you. And he is the one who is going to lead his life through you. Once you carry him with you, you can achieve all that uh, you set your mind to. Sure. And I think these are the principles that we can teach to our young people first. Start mm. them young. In, in mm. Christendom, because then when we grow up, um, then, I mean, when they grow up, then they won't depart because mm-hmm. they have been taught from young. Do we need to be re-educated? Re- I don't know, re-what? <laughs> As the body of Christ, readjusted, yeah. what? Transformed by the renewing of our minds? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important. You see, um, there is a biggest problem of life which I have seen. Mm. And that biggest problem is the fact that we all want a change in our circumstances. Mm. And we tend to believe that when the circumstances change, everything will change as well. But we fail to realize that Circumstances are always changing. I mean, you are well today, tomorrow you're not. You have money today, tomorrow you don't. Mm. Circumstances are always changing. So now, if we become the people who respond all the time to changing phases and scenes of life, we only become more or less like thermometers. And thermometers just read the temperature. That's what most people are. But God made us in such a way that we become thermostats, that we detect the temperature. We detect to the temperature. That's what we have to become. And if we have to become this, what's the kind of education we need to give to ourselves and to our children? Trust me, it is the need or wisdom. Mm. And when we start our children from, we push them to understand what wisdom is and more importantly, where to get wisdom. Mm. 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 Because I believe it's in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, where Solomon said, wisdom is the principal thing. thing. Sure. So, so, And unfortunately, we should know this. Wisdom is not taught in schools. Mm. You know? Um, And uh, uh, knowledge is actually the one that is taught in school. And what's knowledge? Knowledge is knowing the truth. But wisdom is knowing what to do with the truth. Mm. Um, Wisdom is your ability to interpret knowledge. Knowledge is theoretical, but wisdom is practical. Mm. Now, it fills your mind, wisdom guides your life. Mm. 
Mm. Knowledge may be truthful, but wisdom is useful. You see, knowledge provides information. It is only wisdom that brings transformation. So, so if we really want to make impact in the lives of our children, in our own lives, mm. I think the whole journey through life must be about the pursuit of wisdom. Mm. Mm. I see family members all the way in Ghana have entered <laughs> the house and they are watching. I know we got some some technical issues, especially with the connection there um, on Facebook uh, with with Dr. Um, Asare. But I see Owusunana saying good morning and God bless you, man of God. Doreen Kayabalfour says find one reason why something can't be can be done this is powerful that's what she says um and uh, yeah i see another family member of radio pulpit saying yes this needs to be taught to our young people and i see um show he ambi evangelist lanka akiki rodriguez i think it's rodriguez I'm not quite sure. I don't see all of that. I don't know why is it not. Pre- yes, it's Rodriguez saying good morning from Miami. And uh, they are watching there from Miami. Um, thank you so much uh, there in Miami. Hello to you. Thank you for joining us and uh, being with us. Do you know some of these people, uh, Dr. Asari? <laughs> yes, I do. I do. I do know Doreen Chiba for and she's my wife. Oh! What do you want to say to her? Because she's looking and she's like, hi, <laughs> watching well, all the way. That's my girlfriend that I miss. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so you have some words to her? Um, she she knows that she's the most beautiful part of every day. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, this is also one of the wisest moves. Uh, a man can make in life uh-huh. is to find a wife. And what do I say of a wife? Uh, w for wife. Yeah. I for industrious. Uh-huh. F for friendly. Uh-huh. And E for a lifetime encourager. Oh, this is so awesome. This is so <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Well, greetings to you, Your Excellency, um, a beautiful Queen Doreen Kai Balfour. Thank you for joining and being with us. Uh, Frank Jacobs is like, hey, man. Yeah, so men are echoing back. Hey, man. <laughs> and I see Dudu Makari saying, Dr. Asare Saubona, wisdom on steroids. Bona, Muruti, wisdom on steroids. And um, H E M B. Evangelist Lanka Akiki Rodriguez says, watching from the USA, invited by uh, Prophet Prudence in South Africa. Wow, that is so awesome, so humbling. Thank you so much for tuning in and being with us. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I think the network where, where Dr. Asare is, it's not too friendly with us today. Why, I don't know. <laughs> Why, I don't know. Okay, so i ask Dr. Asare, what is it that we can change in our theology from what we have been taught all these years? Because we are relaxed. 
Dr. Asare. Yes, I think that we we should begin to understand that God is a God of seasons. He's a controller of seasons, and his revelation comes to us in seasons. So, um, theologically speaking, if we become only conservative, just looking to the test and the interpretation of test from past knowledge, we are really going to miss out. For instance, um, when you go to any theological institutes, you are taught to heavily rely on the commentaries of some of the theologians of old. And this is very beautiful. I do not dispute the need for the ancient wisdom of, of some of our great theological thinkers in times past. But we should also understand something, that at the time when Spedian was writing his devotions, in as much as most of his words were timeless, there were no computers. Mm. All right. Let's take a break, uh, Dr. Sare. We are coming back with you. Okay. And, and family, you can be part of our discussion. 012-334-1322. 657 AM. Streams of blessings. Do you need prayer? WhatsApp your name and your prayer request to 082-657-2729. And our care center will gladly contact you to pray for you. It's good for you as our listener to know about Radio Pulpit's activities. Or do you need advice in an area of your life? Then why don't you log on to www.radiopulpit.co.za. Here you can talk to us, listen to us via live audio streaming, and there is also other reading material for the soul. What are you waiting for? Visit the Radio Pulpit website right now. www.radiopulpit.co.za Radio Pulpit, your daily companion. The words of the Lord are words of life. Your heart is on 657 AM. Plug in. Feel the pulse on Heart to Heart with Spongile Mufuki on Radio Pulpit. Beautiful music coming there from Neville D featuring Loiso Pala as well. And the song, uh, God is Awesome. And uh, we have 11 minutes uh, just before 2 o'clock, uh, just before the 2 o'clock news bulletin. And uh, yes, you're on Heart to Heart with me up until 3 o'clock. I am Swungi Lemofuken with you up until then. And at 3 o'clock when I say goodbye, Germany, Johan else will take you through with something else. And afterwards, Ayanda Nenemba will take you through with a, a, a spectrum from uh, 4 up until 6 and uh, right now, I'm still with Dr. Asare, and uh, we are talking about breaking camp and, uh, um, uh, uh, um, and uh, growing from there as well. So we are breaking camp and advancing. And uh, yeah, I see. So you'll keep seeing me looking to the other side because my computer is on the other side. So I'll be looking for those um, um, comments from family members that are tuned in all over in the globe. I'm so glad. Now you, you look good now um dr asari yeah i can tell that now it's working perfect <laughs> mm, yes. and uh, think, yes sir i think we we would still be working through the phone because this internet i don't know maybe it's hijacked by demons uh, but 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 i see you now i see you and and you're looking good but we continue the way we are doing and let me read some of the messages. Asanda Mabale says, good afternoon, family. Good afternoon to you, Asande. Thank you for joining us. And um, uh, Pastor Rocky says, Baba Ashanti, 
I salute you, your courage and God-given insight into the theology. My question is, what do you, what, what's, or what's your advice for a lady intending to marry a full-time pastor from Pastor Charles? All right. <laughs> Muruti. Mm. Mm. All right. So um, let me answer this advice. Mm. Uh, pastor is a calling. And so should be whoever decides to go on the journey with a pastor. Should they be called? Let me chip in just um, Should they also be called into ministry? If you do not feel called to walk the journey with someone on whom a lot of lives are going to depend, don't get in there and confuse yourself. Mm. Mm. You see? Most of the time, and let me be clear on this, most pastors' wives believe that they get into the marriage to share the pulpit with the preacher. No, their job is to take care of the preacher and take mm, care of mm, the mm. And so um, my wife should probably be the one to answer this question. <laughs> she is my number one prayer warrior. Uh-huh. And she knows her ministry is taking care of me, making sure that I become the man that God is using to wow. So if there is any lady intending to marry a food and pastor, understand that the sacrifices are going to be huge because pastors do not have money. Hmm. I remember before I married Doreen, I asked her, um, I won't be able to buy a car or build a house. Mm. And all this, uh, are you still willing to go with me? She said yes. Mm. By the grace of God, the things I said we couldn't do, God has given to us in abundance. And the thing is, be prepared because the journey can be tough. Then mm. you register your husband with a lot of other people, um, not sharing as the intimate part of sharing. But okay. then mm-hmm. your husband's time is going to be taken. All right. People. All right. And have a huge heart to contain people as they come. Then you're good to go. We are fantastic people to be married to. Pastor Sara says, we are fantastic people to be married to. <laughs> All right. Um, your wife, your beautiful queen says, greetings, a beautiful friend. And she says, God bless you. Oh, okay. Now she's talking to me. Oh, okay. That's not for you, Muruti. So don't worry. Thank you so much, my beautiful queen. I'm really, truly humbled. Now, let me ask Pastor Asare, when we are talking about a, full, a pastor who is full-time, who is in full-time ministry, that is part of being in the marketplace, I understand, and to empower people in the marketplace as well. So mm. my question is, um, what is expected? Shouldn't the pastor who's in full time also have a business or something that can help him also bring money at home? Okay, so um, a lot of people theologically speak of tent-making ministry. And this comes, or it arises from the confusion with Apostle Paul's assertion that um, when I was with you, you know I need tents to take care of myself. Mm. But that was just only one time, because the church had not been established. And so he needed to take care of himself, because imagine you open a church branch, 
somewhere where people don't even know Jesus Christ. Think mm. about that. Mm. Mm. Um, who is going to give you any offering? Who is going to take care of you? So he needed to work in order to take care of himself and the flock God was bringing to him. But that's just the only instance. Right from there, he mentions people who supports his missionary journey. Mm. So this is it. Pastoring in itself is a full-time job. We should understand this. Mm. Except maybe you want to believe that pastoring is about putting two words together and standing on a pulpit and just talk. No. Pastoring is a full-time job. It's caring for a people. You have to be there in their times of need. Mm. You see? Mm. And so um, I am of a firm belief that pastors should be good at taking care of their flock, as in preparing them and liberating them to be resourceful. And they, in turn, will take care of the shepherd to take care of many others. But it is also um, it is also advisable if the pastor can put whatever skills they have attained in life to good use. For instance, um, but it is not going to take more of your time because when your flock needs you, you have to be available. Sure. You have to be available. So when so, your flock needs you, you have to be available. You have to be you, there. That's pastoring. You have, be, you have to be available because pastoring is not just about preaching. In fact, the word pastor actually came from... Um, a shepherd and shepherd, you do not leave the sheep and then you are gallivanting somewhere. You have to Gallivanting, Murut. All right. So even if, if can I ask this one? If, if I am a pastor, then I have a business that I am running. Um, can I, it, so it should be in, in a way that even when I'm running that business, but I'm able to be there for my sheep, or for the, not my sheep, they are God's sheep, for the yes. sheep that God has given me to be responsible to shepherd. Yes. Okay. Yes. If you are able to do that, if you're able to balance your, your, your other businesses and your calling, you are able to balance it so well, good for you. But as the... As the ministry gets bigger and the demands get big, you realize that you can't actually handle the two, all right? You can't actually handle the two. In fact, this is one of the reasons why power is eluding us in the church, because pastors are not even praying. Hmm. I hear they you. don't have time for themselves for prayer. But let's get into this. Everyone in Jesus Christ is called to serve one way or the other. So we are pastoring one way or the other, and this is why Christian professional ministry is very important for us to understand that we can serve God with whatever He's given us. Mm, mm, professions. Mm. You see, our lives to speak and then to, to be available to others and, and serve God as much as we can. All right. Josem says that is powerful. Greetings to our sister. Greetings to you. Thank you so much, family. Oh, um, is it Ouso Nana says, Papa, please, is yes, there Nana. any difference in being called to work for God and um, you also willing to work for God? There is a big difference. Oh. There, are, 
There are people who are eager to to do the work of God. They love it. They they probably see that as some kind of ambition. And you know, in the eighties, um, of course, I was active in the eighties, so I can talk about the eighties. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be a pastor. Yeah. All right. Then coming through the latter part of the nineties when Africans started getting exposed to American preachers with their high-class lifestyle, pastoring more or less became ambition for some people. Mm. So then you hear children say, I want to be a pastor. My time, I never, ever wanted to be a pastor in any way. Yo. <laughs> you know, so there is a big difference between being called because when you are called for mm. a person like me, mm. you realize that you will never be fulfilled until you have responded to, this to the call. call. Yes, yes. You'll ne- your life will never be complete until you respond to the call. So you have to be able to be clear about it, whether it is some kind of life ambition or it is something you cannot do anything without. All right. Pauline says, hi, Spongida. Greetings to my family. Yes, we need skills also in our education system. Thanks to the pastor. This is Pauline Mujaki. Thank you so much. Uh, Muruti, we have to wrap up. I know that you still have another meeting where you'll be ministering to the leaders of churches right now. Um, And uh, thank you for giving us a moment to talk to us. I can't wait uh, for you to get home so we can talk to you and your wife about um, pastors and and, and being in the marketplace. I think we need that, even pastors' wives. In South Africa, we have so many sisters who are saying, I don't want to be married to a pastor, especially a (laughs) full-time, especially a full-time pastor. (laughs) So... A lot of a lot of our Christian sisters are like, Aibo, kai, 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 kai. That's why I'm asking, is it fine if a pastor would also have a business or do something on the side to have money to take care of his family? Um, and so I think, yeah, I would really, really like to talk to you and um, Mom Doreen, Queen Doreen, so we can talk about this. But in closure, what do we say to the body of Christ? Well, um, this is a new season the Lord has given us. Every year is a gift from God to be wiser, to be more knowledgeable, and to take on new territories for the Lord um, Jesus Christ. And um, we cannot, like I said, we cannot do so without wisdom, and more especially, we cannot do so without getting much more closer to God in prayer. And when I say prayer, I'm saying this year, do not pray small prayers. Don't pray as if you are a beggar. Mm. Pray as a child of God. I'm going to give you last instant. Forgive me, I'm a teacher. So I'm going to give you an example of something that happened. Uh, the great reformer, Martin Luther, his assistant was sick, and a message was sent to him. His assistant wrote to him that, I believe this is the end of my life. I'm going to die, so I'm bidding you farewell. Mm. And indeed, the man was sick unto death. And Luther replied to the man, he says, I have need of you for the reformation of the church. So you can't die now. 
And this is what he said. He said, I said, according to my will, that you will outlive me. And indeed, his assistant outlived Luther by one month. What's the point? The point is that God has given us this power to pray in his name, mm. to make sure that his will is established. But more importantly, God's will is that which he has revealed to us for it to be done on earth. So this year, pray, but don't pray small prayer. Don't manage Jesus into your expectation. Go haywire and ask him for the impossible. He will do it. Mm. And I, I feel like asking you this as, as I'm saying goodbye to you. Um, how do we, or what is it that we need to do to always remind ourselves that in our working places, in the spaces that God God has called us, we are not just professionals for ourselves. Um, I'm not a nurse because I wanted to be a nurse. I'm not a doctor because I wanted to be a doctor or an engineer, but I have been called into that space to represent the kingdom. I'm an ambassador in that space. How do we always remember that? Because I think even if when our children, I keep going back to our children because I believe that when we start them young, then when they get older, they will continue in the message that we carry. But if we teach them that you are there to make money for your family and that's it, it will end there. But if we teach them when they are young that you are in there to represent Christ. So everything that you say, how you behave, um, and what you say and how you behave also speaks it should represent Christ in those spaces. So we never teach our children these because we didn't get these kind of teachings. So you think I'm a nurse because I'm a nurse because I wanted to be a nurse anyway. I loved it. <laughs> and that's all it is. So how do we remember and also teach our young ones that are coming? It must be rooted in the consciousness of your identity. Reminding yourself every day that you are a child of God first before being a professional. And the two cannot be separated from each other. Hmm. So be conscious of who you are, your identity. You see, um, identity plays a huge role in whatever you do. And when you have an understanding of who you are, it will affect everything you do. Here, let me tell you a quick story and end it. My grandmother, when I was growing up and becoming a teenager, I was joining the free of becoming a stubborn child. And we lived in a very big compound house with a lot of other children. Mm-hmm. So I used to go out and come home late with um, these other children. And immediately we get home, the parents of these other children would just launch on them and beat them and all that. Of course, in the 80s, we used to be spanked, and it was always used against stamina. Um, and my grandmother wouldn't do a thing to me. She would serve me my meal. Uh, you had it easy. <laughs> <laughs> then I thought, I thought she approved of my lifestyle or my newfound, excuse my language, my newfound stupidity. <laughs> yeah. So one dawn... She walked to my room, woke me up, and asked me, what is your name? And I said, my name is Asari. She said, your name is not Asari. Your name is Berima Kofi Asari Chebafo, hmm. my grandmother said. And she said, you were named after a king. 
Yo. That king mm-hmm. is my husband. Mm-hmm. And I respect and love my husband so much that even insulting you feels like I'm disrespecting that man. Mm-hmm. From now on, whatever you do, remember whose name you carry. Yo. It changed me. It made me a noble person from then till now. Come to think about that, if uh-huh. I have such reference for a human king, how much more having God as our father upon me? Sure. So we must be conscious of our identity. We are God's own children. And for this, it will lead us to handle ourselves very well. And when we are serving humanity, we will serve them as if God is the one doing it. Thank you. Yo, I even had goosebumps as you were talking. Yo, yo, we carry the name of a great God. Dr. Barima Kofi Asare thank you so much for talking to us. I can't wait for our next uh, talk. I see Tibazo Silwani. Uh, Tibazo says, Amen, powerful. And I see Cynthia Kotli saying, Great teaching. And N. Adams saying also, Amen. Muruti, if we'd like to be in contact with you, how do we, or how, where do we find you on social platforms? How do we get hold of you, or, or yeah, whichever way? You just type my name, Barima Kofia Sari Cheba, for, uh, on Facebook, and you will get me there. Mm-hmm. And then on YouTube, we run Inspiration, oh, sorry, um, Grace Inspired Center on YouTube, Grace Inspired Center. Also, my name, very Marco Piazza, on social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And get me there. Wow, thank you so much, Muruti. And even when we want to find out about your material, uh, some family members are asking, does he have a book on this? Yeah, he, he does have got books, not one. He's got books. So uh, I believe we can come to you for that? Yeah. Uh, when you get in, get in touch with me on all the social media platforms on Messenger, and then I'll show you how to get the books. Uh, I can I can get them across to you, um, soft versions. And if you need hard covers, to I I would I would be able to show you where to get them. Well, thank you so much, Doctor. And, and now I, after your grandmother's statement, I have to say, Doctor Barima Kofi Asarepafo. Thank you so much. Have a blessed, blessed day. Have a blessed day. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Wow, what a teaching family. I hope that you got yourself something there. And um, this year it's going to be different. We are growing this year. We are advancing this year. Muruti said, even in our prayers, our prayers shouldn't be um, small prayers. What is it that you have been trusting God for? Our God is bigger than anything that we are facing. He will be back. I'm trusting God that we will be talking to him even when he gets to uh, Ghana. Thank you so much, uh, um, Your Excellency. Do you remember his Barima Kofi Asare Bafo on all platforms uh, on all media platforms do you need prayer whatsapp your name and your prayer request to 082-657-2729 and our care center will gladly contact you to pray for you 
Do you read the Word for Today daily devotionals? We wish to ensure that your copy reaches you on time. You can now receive the booklet directly at an address of your choice or via email if you prefer. It's easy. Visit radiopulpit.co.za, select your choice and update your details. Or SMS the word DEVOTIONAL to 37871. You will receive a reply SMS with the options. Alternatively, contact client services on 012-334-1257. Standard rate supply. You and 657 AM and Life, a winning team on the road to eternity.